I feel like this this is personal experience for Lester. He's like, he's walked to multiple people and been like, man, I got into this fight today on the internet. I was so right. And that guy was just like, you wrong. And he's like, oh, shit. I think, no, I think I've been the guy that's been like the one that got talked about. Because I go, like, if I'm going to do it, that's why I don't do it a lot. Because when I do it, I'm really like, I got time. Let's go. I ain't doing nothing. See, at least you enjoy it. I do not enjoy it, so I need to not do it because it doesn't even bring me joy mm. to argue with people on the internet Damn. at all. It just brings me stress. It can, yeah, especially especially last co- especially COVID. That COVID shit was like, man, man, I didn't know people were stupid. <laughs> like you knew people was dumb, but you just it, really it, didn't know. Yeah, how dumb it really brought it to the forefront. Really now we showed. got monkeypox, and I'm really interested to see how we pretend that's not real. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, like it's it's on your skin, so it's hard to <laughs> ignore it as much as like they're gonna call it pimples or something. I know, yeah. My acne been fucking up. They're they not gonna call something. it Max. They not. All right, here's the question on the record: <laughs> vaccine for monkeypox. Y'all gonna get it? I if, mean, if, if if I could, probably if it's offered. Okay. If it's, I got the other vaccine and the second one in the booster. So if I can help other people not get sick and die, I'm gonna do that. I think this on this time is gonna be about you getting sick and dying. I, have well, I'm against that too. Stuff? I have not. I've not. I haven't. No. I, you know, I, I want to see it. I got too like honestly burnt out from the COVID news and being so inundated with news and being like trying to be on top of it, trying to stay like uh, knowledgeable about what was going on. That nowadays I'm just I've checked out in a little bit of that and been like I'm gonna live in my bubble. I'm gonna make my art. I'm gonna see what happens. And if something pressing happens, I'm sure I'll figure Go it out. Oh, get a vaccine, yeah. But like, yeah, if they I tell me to wear it. masks, I wear masks. But like, I'm yeah, I try not to read too much at this point. If there's nothing I can do, yeah. I mean, I ignored it, and then a coworker showed me. And I was like, son, I do not want that. <laughs> like, I'll take coughing over that. It's it, I, it's crazy. It's the stuff that's internal. Like, all right, you got a cold that really doesn't affect anything. I mean, it can, but. But like the money in all this exterior stuff, it's like, no, nah, I don't want that, man. I'm trying, I'm already trying to get my skin right. <laughs> Why well, I want this? Dude, I really do think that like you made one of the best COVID films I've seen. Like, honestly. I, I don't know what to say with that. It Just was take first. A compliment. No, I said thank you. <laughs> yeah. I said thank you. It's uh it's uh, okay, hold on, let's start. Y- y'all ready? <laughs> yeah. Good morning, good evening, good night. Welcome (laughs) to the all-new Midnight Movie Club. Okay, we got a married couple here. Y'all married? Yeah. Yeah. Seven years as of Monday. Mm -hmm. I'm just looking for... Okay, y'all got the different ring type. Seven years? Yeah. Okay, seven years. Mm -hmm. If we make it to Monday. Yeah, if we don't make it to Monday, then no. Okay, well, first thing about (laughs) the the Midnight Movie Club is all spoilers. If you hear a movie get brought up, just just know we probably going to spoil it. I don't want to have to say spoiler alert. Uh, You can follow on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, some other shit. Arrow Films, Arrow Films, A-R-O-W-E Films or ArrowFilms.com. Okay, here we go. Now, uh, got that 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 thing done. So you was complimenting me about my film. I yes. was, yeah. So I'm gonna take that compliment. <laughs> uh but no, to that, to to making that, I think 
what's hard now about the stay home film is like I made it so early that if you see it today, I don't know if it ends up being a part of the noise of once people start to make their own home and COVID film versus when I made it because I made it in April. I shot it in April 2020. Yeah. And that was right when shit, I mean, stuff was shut down. That's how it happened. And now I, I look at it and it's like archival because nothing about COVID has changed in terms of the information and how people get it, how it spreads yeah. or there's no, it, that was the information and it's still the same information now, you know, how we treat it, all that stuff two years later is different, but it's the same. So it's always interesting to me when I see new stuff that's COVID related or I see people still trying to make those things like, damn, Am I noise now? Is I get fear. My biggest fear with that is that is so. It was so current and topical that it becomes dated. Yeah. And I don't know. I I, mean, I hope the story is good enough inside of it that it doesn't. But I hope it's. I hope. I hope it's good enough. I think it'll always be impactful. Um, it is an interesting thing because you don't think that a film that you made in 2020 in a topical current moment is technically at this point a period piece. It's a Damn. piece that takes place in a certain a time specific. and period in a specific time of the world. Like true. It's a piece of history in how people were experiencing that moment in time. And that's interesting because like you'll watch a movie like Lincoln by Spielberg and like that's a period piece. You know what I mean? Mm. Like you it's obviously a period piece because it was made present day for about two hundred years ago and it shows that date and time. But so does your film. Your film shows a date and time. It couldn't take place any other time. Right. Except that date and time. Right. Damn. You know, I'm a genius like that. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Let, let me do the genius thing. Where you, well, you know, you got to cross your leg like that. And, mm -hmm. and we should not laugh after you say it. Probably would help. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's try it again. Okay. Yeah, we'll okay. Take, take, we'll take two. We'll take two. <clears throat> Well, you know, I'm a genius like that. And we are honored to be in your presence. You know? Yes, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Expound well, upon that, please. Well, so when I was a kid, I was told two wrongs can make a right. Uh, wow, uh -huh, wow, wow. Uh -huh, and uh -huh. that, that set you on this whole course. Well, no. To this, this Actually, moment. what it was, my sister, I remember we was little, and uh, I wanted Frosted Flakes. Okay. And this feels like it's going to be a long story. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, Frosted Flakes comes with sugar in it. And I oh. told her, I want to add a cup of sugar myself. <laughs> she said, no. I hit her. Oh, my God. Now we're here. Okay. Jesus. Jesus. Did mm -hmm. you get to add the sugar? Yeah. You know, okay. I'll, you know what I'll say? I'll say that I think this is like a pro tip is that I think cornflakes with sugar on them is better than Frosted Flakes. Mm. Like, I think the adding You think sugaring own, it yourself doing is your better sugar, than the pre-sugared. 100%. Because then you get like this sugar milk situation mm. that you can't get any other way. Mm, mm. But I think that you're, you've taken it a step further. Yeah. And sugaring to the sugared <laughs> cereal. Yeah. You know, I add sugar to, uh, to uh fuck I, I can't think of a goddamn thing I'm, we're done <laughs> we're out what is it called what is the Hawaiian punch that's what I was gonna say I don't uh, do that but I just wanted to double down on the sweetness on something sugary yeah yeah it's like adding you cinnamon. add sugar to your sugar I add cinnamon to yes mm -hmm. 
<laughs> yep. Your cinnamon, your cinnamon toast crunch. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. 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 Powdered milk to your milk. Well, that's a little far. <laughs> now you're just dusting things up. <laughs> so uh, introduce yourselves. We haven't done this. Oh. Okay. Straight uh, from Kansas, Kansas City, Kansas, yeah. Kansas City, Kansas, Kansas or Missouri. We're Kansas. Kansas, Kansas City, Kansas. <laughs> I'm Patrick Poe. I'm Lola Loren. Uh, we make movies. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we're IX Film Productions. Mm-hmm. We've been making films together since before we were a couple. Uh, yeah. We do a podcast together called First Timers Movie Club. Mm-hmm. We have our own movie club, Lester. Yeah. yeah. I we, When I invited you, I said, God damn, I hope they don't think I'm stealing. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. You can have your own club. We can each have our own club. We, yeah. could, we could have uh, events crossed- where the two clubs get together and have yeah. a big club party. This is a club uh Gathering yeah. of clubs. Yeah, some would call it a clubhouse. Oh, yeah, sure. Is that taken? No, clubhouse. Let's trademark it. Okay, <laughs> we can make it an app where people talk to each other. But continue. Yeah, uh, but continue. Oh man, we make comedy films. We do make comedy pretty much exclusively. Yep. We've made a bunch of feature films. We've mm-hmm. made too many short films. Yeah. And uh, right now, I guess we're we're in we're in the Wichita area. We are screening our film, almost sort of maybe at the Tallgrass. Film Center? Is that what it's, that's, yeah. that's what it's called? I called yeah. the right thing? Good. Yeah. Proud good, of you. Good. Proud of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that, did I do it? Did I Is that an us? intro? That's an introduction. Um, comedian? Yeah, I do stand-up mm-hmm. comedy. Uh, I act as well. Uh, sometimes I act in our stuff, mm-hmm. and then other times I act in other people's stuff. Whoa. And that confuses people. It does. Which is a weird thing to me, because like- It does. I'm an actor, but then when they see me like, because for our stuff, I do like goofy- jokes and stuff we usually. only do goofy jokes really yeah and then people will see me something dramatic and they'll be like wow i didn't like i didn't know you you did that and i was like well yeah i studied acting in college like it's <laughs> you it's just like to do dumb jokes but that is also acting <laughs> yeah exactly, yeah what do you prefer um i really enjoy both i'll be honest i like writing comedy and i like making comedy ourselves but i do love it when i get cast in someone else's drama because then i get to go yeah i get to go play for like honestly it's like playing for a day it's like doing something a little like different i don't do it all the time i get to practice that muscle flex the muscle of memorizing other people's words and really like embodying a new character so i love them both for different reasons which is the most political answer i could give in (laughs) either or answer yeah yeah (laughs) Still didn't answer the question. Which one, if you had to pick one to do for the rest of your life? I probably do comedy because I really enjoy bringing joy to people. And like, that's why I make comedy films is because I like having people laugh. I like that enjoy. I think that film can be enjoyable and should be enjoyable. And you can still have important lessons and messages and emotions within that enjoyment if that makes sense sure sure i'm going with that i'm finna i'm uh, can i ask i'm can i'm gonna ask a series of hard questions i hope okay <laughs> okay so between the both of you who would be like the lead artist oh, who that's, fronts the band nope yeah I don't we think really they're... don't i know people don't believe us when we say that but like i think that we both serve our own purposes creatively to 
make the best project. And it can vary project to project or day to day who has the most energy that day. Yeah. To run like, point. <laughs> different things can be, yeah, like sometimes I'll take more of a backseat for like, oh, you, you have a clear vision for this exact moment for this exact thing. Or then the next time I'll be like, no, no, no I know exactly what it, it's this in my head. And we'll do and it. I mean, you can way, you can break or... it down to little stuff. Like he likes After Effects a lot better than I do, and I like the initial rough cut a lot better than he does. But that doesn't mean I always do the rough cut. You know? Would you? So both of you guys edit as well. We yeah. both do everything in film related yeah. capacity. We, we can do. <laughs> we can do everything. Everything. There are some things I would like to do less, and there are some things I'd like to do more often focused. But... I'd, I'd like to outsource everything sound related for the rest of my life if I could yeah. afford it. I would love to hire a sound mixer <laughs> but I can for do every it. project, <laughs> both on set and in post. <laughs> so I'll ask this of both of you then. Is there been, what has been the thing that went out, is going out this way, that you don't like how it went, but you settled for it because you lo- you lost the debate of. I have an answer if you don't. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, what I would say to that is that like early on, we were still learning how to collaborate mm-hmm. and learning how the two of us worked. That as, was a big learning process. As a creative team. Yeah. And so like one of our early features is mostly Lolo's film. And... I definitely had some ideas during that process that I think could have made it a better film. And then quickly after that, I was like, oh, I need to make my own film. I need to do my things to prove that I'm a filmmaker too. It's not just Lolo. And it suffered a lot from me not taking advice from Lolo. And like we learned through a couple of things not going exactly how we wanted to being like, oh, we make the best films when we work together. Yeah, well, because like the first one, the things you wanted to change, in retrospect, he was right. And I think definitely on the film that was more yours, like, I think it definitely would have been better if you listened to me. So, yeah, I think it, it did just come around to us both realizing, oh, like, we both need to be able to take feedback and critique and, like, debate it out until we, until we do both realize like what is best. And sometimes that's a third option. But- that was the thing that we talked about last night, even at the Tallgrass screening, was somebody asked about, like, how we worked together and we were talking about a thing that does happen is that like in film you know sometimes you have to kill your darlings sometimes you have to kill the thing that like you thought was great when you wrote it but it needs to die but sometimes working in a duo you don't know what's that other person's kill each other's darlings (laughs) so like you're you'll read a script and you'll be like oh i don't love that line i don't really like how that's worded or that like half plot point but the whole thing i still enjoy enough that i can Mm -hmm. live with that and then sometimes we'll get to set or we'll get to the be on the way to set or for almost for me, we've even gotten to the edit and like because we waited like, COVID to release moment. it, there I was can't. a moment that I was like, hey, Lolo, I really, I've never liked that line. And Lolo was like, oh my God, I've never liked that line either. And we're like, oh shit, we should have talked about this <laughs> two years ago before we filmed it. That would have been great. Yeah. But you never know what's the other person's darling until you talk it out. And so we just need to be, we need to improve our communication still. Yeah. That's interesting to me because as a couple, you would think that um, what you guys have to do to, I assume, to sustain a healthy relationship would be the same thing you would have to do as filmmakers to make sure that this works. So kind of holding back like, 
she's gonna be mad if I tell her this sucks. <laughs> I mean, I would say that like the filmmaking is one of the biggest things that we would ever fight about. It's like about the only thing we, we fight about. about it the it's, yeah. it's the most important thing. More than each other. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we worked together well before we started dating. Like we, we became a creative partnership before we became a couple. Was that not frightening that we could fuck all of this up? Oh, at, better yet, did any of the people that you work with in, in the collaborative space was concerned about you guys getting together and what it could do for the team. Maybe. I don't know. I don't <laughs> yeah. know about that. If I, they were, they didn't talk to me about it. <laughs> yeah. It seemed um, like people that were around us were like, oh, that's cute. I think most of them were like, yeah, we saw that coming. That, that what took expected. you so long? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I used to make a joke that it was a relationship of convenience mm-hmm. because it started of us both in our separate homes uh, working on these films together. And it would be like one person would come over to the house all the time to like work on writing or the other person would come to the other house to work on writing. And then we like, I bought a computer and we were taking a computer back and forth to edit and switch. Oh, you've got like Wednesday to edit. Great. I'm busy all Wednesday here. I'll give you the computer. You only had the one computer. And then like I need it Thursday because I've got Thursday free. So there's a lot of transferring a computer back and forth. We're like, man, if we moved in together. joint custody of a computer already. So, you know. All the gear would be in the same house. house. (laughs) No. So. So how long into the partnership did you guys decide, let's be a partner. Let's be partners. We made, I mean, we made the first feature film fully before we started dating. Oh. Uh, or just about. Oh, no. We we worked together, like, well, we'd done the 48. Yeah, we started, we met at a 48 prior uh, film competition, 48 hour film competition. That we worked on together. Pretty much is the easiest way to describe how we met. Yeah, and then... <laughs> And then a couple years later, we, we made the feature. feature film. So about a year of really working together as a partnership yeah. before we did start dating. So not super, super long, but a lot of work in that time. Yeah, period. there was a year of pre-production and production mm-hmm. of a feature. And then we started dating during the end of phases of filming it and post-production. Because mm-hmm. that's when we started writing Mr. Lee. And then we, we were fully that. a couple mm-hmm. by that point. You, bo- you both write. Mm-hmm. Yes. Has your real life seeped into your scripts? As in, like, you may have been writing something, thinking about Patrick without necessarily telling him that it's about him. Not I don't think really. so. I think that our real lives obviously seep into our scripts in the fact that, like, in Almost Sort of Maybe... Liz is a character that I don't think people would associate with me or Lolo, but her insecurities are me and Lolo's. Yeah. Like those are the things that we, we worry in social situations. We say sorry too much. Like I, I've got now, my own food. Is this insecurity something that you guys already knew about or did the script bring these out? That you're like, I didn't know that was a problem. Oh no, we know each other's insecurities pretty well at yeah. this point. <laughs> Damn. I'll just put it all out there. <laughs> yeah. This could be a therapy session if y'all needed to be. <laughs> no, I, I feel like you guys have been waiting to get some of this off. No, no. this is all stuff that we know about. Well, each other. well yeah. no, let's just. Uh, but if you it needs to be that, a therapy if session, if you want to feel you, like a therapist, if that's what you think that like. <laughs> okay, so you made a rom- romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, are you are you fans of romantic comedy? What is like that romantic comedy that was like ah, you know what? I'm kind of making something in the vein of this. Oh hell yeah. 
I I love rom coms. Like for real, I love rom coms. I love sitcoms. Mm-hmm. I love them. Also, I see the flaws that exist within the genre inherently, and in some of the tropes, and in the fact that like there's. 30 years of time where like one of the main rom-com creators was Woody Allen. That's just like inherently problematic. <laughs> um, and like the voice of Cause rom- of Woody Allen or the, the stories he was making a little both because the stories here he's making is generally an older Woody Allen with a much younger woman and it shows a, which like is most of Hollywood. Is, yeah, it's a lot of it's it's, it's the trope. It's the, but it's real life in ways. I mean, you could, I we could go to ten expensive, high end uh, banquets, and you'd probably see an older man with a younger and woman. And that's the problem with most <laughs> of America, <laughs> that is reflected in Hollywood. Still a problem. Okay, so. Woody Allen, is it the movie or is it the person? If it's reflecting what's real, it's kind of hard to say that something is or isn't a problem if it's, this is what real is. Mean, just because pro- something's real doesn't mean it's a problem. I'm not saying it's not a problem. <laughs> the, the lack of there being a female perspective and uh, just a more inclusive perspective in rom-coms, I think, is part of the problem. In that rom-coms have been told by older white men for generations. And it's a funny thing for me to say as a person that will become an older white male. I know. I understand that. Um, but you're self-aware, so maybe you won't get too bad. Exactly. Yeah, 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 <laughs> but I think yeah. the, the, the interesting thing about this statement, though, is and Lola, you could chime in on this. Is um, I mean, if you were to follow 100 women on social media let's say and let's 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 assume that social media is a loud consciousness of what people feel inside because they won't say it in public or whatever if many women kind of like sitting in that submissive low i hate to say lower tier but this rescue aspect where a lot of uh rom-coms do where the woman is giving up and then this guy throws everything at her to get her back or it's 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 uh, like you said it's predominantly in that male pov yeah. or or it, where the male is it's, that, it's that if, I, if i chase her enough she will give up and marry me and then you could watch a thing i could scroll i could open instagram right now and those are the top memes that a woman would post about wanting a man that is this way that way this way that way and it usually is this well, superhero i think type of obviously that. everyone wants a person that wants them i think that's inherent but i don't think that like it's different than making films that romanticize harassment yeah and if you watch a lot of rom-coms it's it's a man slowly wearing a woman down it's not this woman that wants to be with this man which is encouraging society to not listen to no and they make each other better <laughs> It it should be about two people that, that make each other better. I think that's interesting what you said about harassment because in ways you I could look at that and totally agree. And then I could see something that a woman would post that would say something about 
well, if he gave up, he he didn't like you enough or whatever it is. It's like in ways, there's just, if she likes you, it's okay to kind of keep going forward as she plays coy. But if she doesn't like you, it's that very fine line of like harassment and overstepping the boundary. It's and many of the movies in rom com and even situational comedies are that is that thing keep pursuing until I mean, I mean, I think everything shades of gray. If well, also, there's no black and white. So it also though, it's it's one of those things where I think if you made a rom com where the plot was this guy who was really persistent but a good guy and cute and eventually won over the woman, that would be fine if we didn't live in a world where women fear harassment and assault every day, and it is such a prevalent problem. Like if that wasn't a problem that existed in the world, and then somebody made a movie, like it's also, it doesn't have the same impact. Good guy. <laughs> I think so. Eh, I hope. I don't know. I feel like I was persistent in pursuing you. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I'm gonna let it sit because I think if you if you say if 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 we define however we define harassment, whatever mm-hmm. it is, if you your your qualifiers just in this statement at least was if he was a cute good guy. But if you don't want to be harassed, I think you get further away from being a good. You you become a person who doesn't listen to signs, yeah. and read signals, and all this all these things. But if I wear it down enough and I'm cute and I'm still a good guy, then well, but so, no, no, because no. that that line is if you're a good guy, if it's getting to a line of harassment, if it's getting to a line where that person's uncomfortable by you contacting them, then you're not a good guy anymore. Because that's the thing is that like you need Being to, able to recognize that. you need to be able to recognize when I've overstepped my bounds. I have reached out to you too many times. I've not given you the space you need as a human being to be your own person. That's where it becomes harassment, I think, where it's like I'm consistently sending you unwanted messages and you're inherently not a good guy. If we're just like doing this blanket term good guy mm-hmm. when you're doing that. It, it also is hard because like we've reached a place where like people can, you know, criticize women for leading someone on or like not being clear enough in saying they're not interested or no or whatever. But unfortunately we're at a point in society where we've been taught it's not safe to say no in a lot of scenarios. It's not safe to brush a guy off too blatantly, um, frequently. So like also I just want to kind of piggyback on what Lolo was saying about like if women were safer, just inherently, and if like there was that movie that existed where it's the guy chasing the woman and eventually like, oh, he's like this good guy that gets the girl in the end, whatever. I think that wouldn't be as much of a problem if there were also seven other movies made by other people with other people, other perspectives as opposed to the continual. There is no movie with the woman who persistently harasses the guy until he marries her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That movie doesn't exist, or the movie where the girl. If it does, I haven't seen like, it. I don't know. I don't, cause I to that I still I kind of feel like I wonder how much of it is, um, an extension of fairy tales, retelling of fairy tales to be more, um, more real, uh, that could connect a lot better. One of my favorite is How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. And fucking Matthew McConaughey got on a motorcycle. He he committed so many federal crimes <laughs> to get this woman back uh, who was leaving him. Yeah. Um, 
and it's I just kind of, in ways it feels like there's only there can't be seven different stories. It's really only going to be two stories that can be different perspectives, but all overcompensating is going to end well, up being the same story. Well, then you're just getting story. into the Ken Quapis film, He Said, She Said, which is directed by him and I think his wife. And they, it's three films, actually. And one is the male perspective. One is a female perspective. And the one's like a third telling of the story from all these different perspectives because the story is different for each person. Everyone's experiencing life in a different way. And so I think that there are many stories because every single also person has their own perspective is no original story yeah there's also yeah there is no original story there's ev- thinking, every story is like four things because when you uh lola says um or i guess both of you said it but the woman overly pursuing the man i i i can't think of many i'm trying and i feel like i have seen it <laughs> Because it's been a woman, a women's research, uh, resurgence, or renaissance, or whatever the right line is of these uh, female woman-dominated films, where they're leading, they're they're the ones with the big jokes, and you know the stories revolved around how they are yeah. existing in a certain uh, uh, story. So I know it has to be there. Movies like Girls Trip and all these types of stuff. Girls I know Trip, it's there, Rough Night, anything directed by Paul Feig recently. <laughs> yeah, mostly Paul Feig. But also, not necessarily chasing rom-coms personally. I go to darker films. So <laughs> yeah. when I'm looking for something, I'm looking at tropes of, you know, I never see, I saw this movie called The Night House. It's a horror film. And I think midway through the film, I was like, you know, I've never seen a distraught man uh, like really got to make everything come together. Not like they are the fighter usually. And the woman yeah. in the, in horror films like this are usually the ones having to, to decide between fight and flight. Yeah, The dude is like very early on on a mission. I got to this. We got to survive. Yeah. You don't but, get to see the dude that's like crying in the there's crying but yeah. i will happily be in that film for you uh i'll i'll cry in a closet for you any day lester if that's what you want to make you know i've been working on a film called tears of a closet okay and uh you know the big reveal is stop me if you heard this but he comes out of the closet things change for him at that point wow yeah that seems sounds revolutionary well um, maybe I, a metaphor of some kind simile Simile, oh, okay. yeah, mm-hmm. something okay. like a simile. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, if you want to do that, okay, and it's okay with you. He, I, I don't own him. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 you got a ring, kind of says it's a joint ownership. No, 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 no. joint partnership. partnership. We don't own each other. Yeah. Okay, there was a contract signed though. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so favorite favorite rom com. I mean, I really like. Once again, no, I don't know if it's. But Freeing Star Marshall is one of my like go tos. I love Freeing Star Marshall. I really do. Uh, it's it's a weird one though, because but luckily it does break that trope a little bit because he he goes to Hawaii on accident and he's not actually stalking her. But then he it is a, once again it's a white dude stalking his ex girlfriend. Do we have any any black ones? I don't know. I just thought of one, uh, just to jump back. That is a woman unreasonably harassing a man. What movie? To the point that it is kind of like, okay, that's not okay. But I do really like it. It's What's Up, Doc, with Barbara Streisand. 
Oh man, it's a great movie, and it is a very like uh, not traditional rom com. Yeah, in a sense. Um, I've only seen it the one time. I need to rewatch What's Up Doc. Yeah, mostly just because I don't remember it. (laughs) Uh, but favorite, I don't know. I like a lot of movies. I tend to lean a little more just like comedy versus rom com in my favorites, probably. And I like a lot of movies, so I'll just go with a recentish one. I liked a lot. Do you want me to wait for that? Do you care? Is that probably loud? Uh, okay. But if you you got a buffer going, so it's working. It's working. <laughs> now you've like prefaced now we're like the just gonna kind of meander through it. Okay, yeah. Um, was Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar? Dude, great comedy, incredible. Yeah. Where'd you see it? We bought oh, it on we Blu-ray. Bought it on Blu-ray. Yeah. Oh, on Blu-ray. recently. Yeah. Recent-ish. That's why I keep yeah. forgetting. You guys got the whole movie club thing. The uh, what's it called? The first time first time movie club. First time movie. Yeah. First timers movie club. Is that something y'all watch for that? No. No. So first timers movie club is pretty much it came out of being stuck in our home during a pandemic and not being able to go make movies. Mm-hmm. The goal was let's learn as much shit as we can about making movies and get as good as we can by watching old movies. Mm-hmm. So there's a million movies that I've seen that she hasn't seen and she's seen that I haven't seen. Because there's a lot of movies. Because there's 120 <laughs> years of cinema you know. history. <laughs> there's been a lot made. <laughs> so the podcast is pretty much us showing each other famous <laughs> cinematic classics. For the first time. For the first time. And we discuss why they're classics. We then discuss like we watch the movie together that's not on the podcast but we watch it then we come back and we discuss like what makes it stand that test of time share a lot of trivia we talk about trivia about the making of the film and all that Mm -hmm. but then we also do love watching new films like Barb and Star which is uh, Kristen Wiig and and her writing partner from Bridesmaids the two of them made it together yeah just like a couple years ago now yeah it came Came out out right before the pandemic probably 20-ish I think it came out Highly recommend it. Was that straight to DVD action or it, I mean straight to VOD? It, it was one of those things that like it I came out it in was... theaters for like a minute. You know those movies yeah. that like if you don't go see it. If you don't day, see it on Tuesday, you can't see it ever. <laughs> definitely during the pandemic. It's like you can watch it there. Yeah. Maybe. Just watch it at home. Or it might have been one that like didn't come to Kansas City but got some other limited yeah. release. I don't really know. Okay, and so it, and it was one that like once it hit theaters, it was in theaters for like one minute, and then they're like, and we're putting it on Blu-ray because that's where it's going to do better. <laughs> but I recommend it to people. It's mm-hmm. wild. It's amazing. It's mm-hmm. strange. I love it. So I'm looking at the uh, first time movies club that you can watch or that you can listen to on Spotify. Yeah, you can. Because you probably should be watching this, watching and listening to this on Spotify. Uh, that's but you watch I, it everywhere you want to. That's where I watched and listened to it was on Spotify, mm-hmm. if anyone As, cares. So if you want to be like me, watch and listen to this podcast on Spotify while per- you do your dishes. That's a person do. who will eventually be an old white man telling rom-com stories. But I can digress. <laughs> and he is telling you what to do. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. And telling you what to do. So uh, a lot of demands. Uh, but some of the movies you guys watched on here for the first time. And when I say the first time, these are movies... These are shows from 2022, movies yeah. from 2020, episodes that they recorded in 2022 of movies that they saw in 2022 for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that one of us hadn't seen. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's to clarify that. Uh, weird Science. Yeah, so Lolo never I seen it. I had never seen it, so he, he that's had. A, he that's a banger. 
But I'm gonna give you guys one. Once that's, again, a somewhat problematic uh, <laughs> comedy. Got to keep things in the space and time, though. Yeah, and yes. we, we do talk about that. Oh, but like, yeah. you also have to, re- yeah. But that that's why we like making the kind of comedies we like making. But but here's a major one. Here's a major one that I'm kind of taking issue with, and oh, I hope which one of us is about to get in trouble. <laughs> I hope that this was one that the other gave to the other, and not neither one of you guys have seen this. On July first. <laughs> You guys watched Toy Story, the original. Oh, okay. okay. So we both had seen Toy Story. We had a guest on for that one because occasionally we have guests. Okay. So we had a guest on who had not seen Toy Story. Okay. Don't worry. We both had seen Toy okay. Story. All right. Can we stay see. friends? Yes. I like okay. that Lester is calling this out, though, because we are hoping to at some point get someone on to do Star Wars. And Lester's a person <laughs> that's never seen Star Wars. Have you still Wars. not seen no, Star Wars? No, fuck Star Wars. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, so who, who, okay, let's go back to one, because I think I'm going to make it a theme okay. to do this. As long as people are annoyed by it. To try to shame it. us? Not to shame it, but okay. to just kind of troll. Oh, uh, I think that's the different word for the same thing. I, I'm okay but with okay. it. But okay, I mean, I'm fine either way. But It's consensual trolling. <laughs> so, so two, consent, so consent is what matters. So 2001, okay. Space Odyssey. I had never Stanley seen Stanley Kubrick. You never saw I'd it. He had never seen, seen it. it. So I showed it to him. Mm-hmm. When did you see it? I saw it in, <laughs> I saw it in probably my early teens and did not get it. <laughs> Because Stanley Kubrick is overrated. This I, is, I, I saw it at 29 and I still don't get it. I still don't know if I fully but got it seeing it again. Then let's but. talk about it because I originally <laughs> wanted to call my podcast Stanley Kubrick is overrated. <laughs> and uh, so 2001 mm-hmm. isn't one of my, if I'm being honest, what I like from Stanley Kubrick, I love A Clockwork Orange. Have you guys watched it? We have not seen I have not seen that one. Okay, one for the list. Okay. Um, Metal Gear Solid, not Metal Gear Solid, Full Metal Jacket. (laughs) (laughs) I love the PlayStation (laughs) 1 game you made. The first part. And I do enjoy The Shining. Um, It's a little slow at times, but I do think it's a good thriller. Uh, But 2001. Yeah. Kind of stupid, ain't it? Well, okay. So I like it a lot. A couple, a couple thoughts on Kubrick. So we were doing a thing before we even started the podcast. I kind of got obsessed a few years ago with watching famous directors' filmographies in order to see them grow and we, to see the change of their style. We did a lot of Spielberg through in order from the beginning. We watched beginning. everything from like Duel. Actually, I think... Uh, I don't know how you do Spielberg. What is the other one? It's uh, not Sunset. Uh, oh. Pony, not Pony Express. Something Express. I'm not going to come up with that. I'm never going to come up with either. a minute now. Who but. made it? Spielberg. It's just one of his first movies. Um, No. It's pre-Duel. Um, which is a cool movie, actually, if you want to check out Duel. It's about... Uh, it's pretty much Jaws. Except instead of a shark, it's, it's a truck. A truck stalking a man. Oh, with the um, is it Chris Christopherson in that one? I, I have no idea. Keep talking. I'll look it up. But so then we we were gonna do Kubrick in order and decide to do a couple of them on the podcast since there are some. So we for Kubrick, seen. we skipped Paths of Glory. We skipped the Killing, but we started at uh, Spartacus, mm. and I showed it to Lolo, mm-hmm. and then we did. Uh, we skipped Lolita. <laughs> We did. I skipped Lolita. Yeah, but I, I actually I watched seen Lolita it. I had by seen myself. it before. I didn't feel like rewatching um, it. 
But then we also, we watched Dr. Strange, Love and High Learns mm-hmm. to Love the Atomic Bomb. And then we did 2001 A Space Odyssey. We still need to do... We need to keep going. We we need, I want to keep going. Him. I want to do Clockwork Orange. I want to do Shining because I haven't seen either of those. I don't really want to do Shining. I've seen Full Metal. Okay, who who you saw Clockwork? No, neither of us have seen neither Clockwork. Have seen Clockwork and neither of us have seen The Shining. But I do think that Kubrick is a good director. I, I mean, I, 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 think, go, I, think I think he's a go good filmmaker. Using the word director, yeah, I think that definitely <laughs> he has some issues with the way he's treated treats people. His yeah, people in the past. So I don't with. know anything about this. Caitlin brought that up, and I kind of brushed over it because some things I do try to do, and I know um, there's a whole story about him and Shelley Duvall and him kind of mentally breaking her on the set of The Shining, and it's kind of because he he was obsessed with doing many many takes he likes doing a bunch of takes because he believed that if you wear the actor down eventually to the point of exhaustion and emotional breaking point you would wear down the ability to act and you just have the ability to react he just wanted them to be actually emotionally broken which is a bit which is abusive I fear becoming that person. <laughs> I do. I, that- I think about that sometimes. It's like, because I do get in a place where I... I so, um, with my most recent film that we shot, like, I am very big on trusting people. Like, I'm, or, or I want to be that person, at least, where I can say, you know what? Like, we talked, we, we went through everything, so yeah. you kind of know what I'm looking for. You know and- what I'm trying to make? I've hired people better than me. Do your thing. Basically... But then, you know, you watch it and you're like, that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. And you feel so close to it. And then I try to make sure, like, at least, because I get very obsessive. Like, the jokes aside and all the, like, bullshitting, when it's time for me to, like, really drill in, I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, when I'm at work and things aren't going right, or the communication is broken down. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with everybody? Like, you know, you don't know how to speak now. Like, like I get into this place, not in like, and I don't express it. That's kind of like in my mind. Yeah. Or I take it back to my office, and like the people who have nothing to do with it get to hear me fucking hear me yell about stuff. But I do fear that because in ways you do, you can watch a person act, and when you're watching them act, it's like, no, I need you to not act Just I need be. you to be yeah, yeah. like so well, it's that like, fears me some, scares me I think me there sometimes. are two roads to that though and I think one is abusing your actors and one is creating an environment they feel so safe in that they can fully relax and do their mm. job and so I think one of those is obviously better than the other true <laughs> and true. both can elicit incredible performances I mean like Mamet's whole thing because like there's obviously like there's method acting there's all sorts of types of acting and there's all sorts of schools of acting and there's different ways of getting different acting across and I think that there are definitely safe ways and there are unsafe ways and we've seen that there are unsafe ways by actors who do great performances and then end up either mentally distraught or end up killing themselves, or end up addicted to pills and end up killing themselves, um, or dying by suicide is the better way to say it, I guess, or accidentally dying. I don't know what the best way to say that is. Um, th- things come to an end. Yeah, their lives end because of the things they're putting themselves through emotionally. And then there are other actors we've seen amazing emotional performances from that that's not what's happening to them. Therefore, there must be a, a better 
way to do a safer way to do it. And I think that's really better. I think kind of what you're saying, there's nothing wrong with like being a perfectionist and wanting to make sure that the thing you're making gets to where you want it to get and how it is in your head. Yeah, because I mean, but I think how... as long as you're creating an environment where like your actors feel safe and comfortable and if you don't get there, you're like, okay, we'll revisit this tomorrow instead of just like driving them until they die. Like there's nothing wrong with like continuing to work with someone to get it where you very want it though. perfectionistic and we're both yeah. really hard workers and we, I, I get what you're saying because like that's why we connected so well is because we were both working so hard on like a 48 hour competition mm-hmm. and we were like, oh, you're the only one that cares near as much as I do. You're, you're the only, the only other work. person mentally unstable here. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're the only one willing to work this hard for 48, 48 hours, hours in a row. No, sleep, no breaks. Yeah. And go wild and get this done. And like I, I needed someone that cared as much as I did because I can't, I hate being a part of a, a thing where I can tell that someone doesn't care to their full extent, isn't trying their hardest. Yeah, but absolutely. I think you can try your hardest in a safe way. And, and that is being able to measure that in real time. And, you know, like Victoria, I think you two know Victoria. Victoria yeah. 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 So yeah. she helped me with another film, a much younger girl that was uh, uh, the lead on that. And it was like, how do I take this relatively first time actress and go like, I need you to go there. I need you yeah. to mentally be afraid and have that performance. And Victoria, you do it. Like, because it's like, I can't, what I want to say that I think evokes emotion um, that a woman could relate to, I might not be the safest delivery for that. For those words. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really good to notice. Yeah. Whatever I thought about saying, ah, Victoria said way worse, but it, you know, it came from her. It came yeah. from her, and she knew how to de- begin that message by saying, you're safe. Yeah. So first of all, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, and that was able to get her, and you could see it in the performance that she did go there, and she yeah, was think able to break that's it. That's great. I think you're already better than Kubrick <laughs> in that <laughs> you, cared, you. you cared about the emotional safety of an actress on your set and tried to do what you could yeah, to like, make sure that even, was preserved. There's even like stories of Spielberg emotionally better manipulating children. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> you can quote me on that. Put that on your last row. Better than Kubrick. <laughs> Pull quote right there. Um, but I mean, even better on person. our set, better person. Oh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> um, I'm early. I mean, even just like, not even, yeah, just playing to your strengths too, though. Cause like on our sets often, Patrick has a lot more acting training than I do. And he often just has more of the, the words, words to like <laughs> get people there. So Patrick is often the one for difficult scenes on our sets to like do the coaching to, for our actors for that. I think just because he's better at it, that's what well, we've fallen you. into in that I regard. That. Yeah, but I do think that there's some really to go back to Kubrick because that's what we were talking. Two thousand one. Then two thousand one. I think that there are some really cool things in the technique of filmmaking that he is playing with within his films, especially in nineteen sixty eight. Like that's two thousand one. Yeah, once again, thinking about the time, like a lot of the visuals and the way they did those effects was very like, like in groundbreaking. Sci-fi was a joke. Like there weren't serious sci-fi films. There weren't sci-fi films that were like speaking on metaphysics and these beautiful metaphors and all these different things. Like there was that, and then Planet of the Apes came out the same year, which is awesome. And we just did that on the two films as well. Very yeah. But like so, sixty-eight really changed sci-fi. I think that's that's game-changing for sci-fi. But I think he does do some very interesting things in that film, 
and I think that the film is if you give it your full attention it's got some cool things within it and it's it does tell a story but it tells a story in a way that's not the typical way to tell a story and I find it very uh, interesting in form I wonder how much of Kubrick uh, <laughs> I just like that I'm shitting on Kubrick right now. <laughs> yes yeah um, I expected you were going to because you said like one second of it in the other thing. I've seen you post about Kubrick before. I was like, oh, he's going to talk to us about it because we've just done three I, Kubrick I, I actually movies. did not plan to. <laughs> but when I saw like I saw 2001 and I saw um, Dr. Strange, Strange Love, Love mm-hmm. I said, you know what? Fuck it. We here. And Spartacus. I can, I can do it. Yeah. Um, Which people don't really think of him as the guy that did Spartacus. But mm-hmm. I think that's also like kind of important because that's like one of his big like blockbuster studio pictures and then he didn't enjoy the experience and then he went <laughs> off to Europe and started <laughs> making weird kind of self-financed indie films with Lolita, Doctor Strangelove, 2001 even. Mm-hmm. So Kubrick has, has gotten too much time. Um, <laughs> so you guys, so I got one for both of you to watch. Okay. okay. It's dicey though. Okay. And I, I'm only saying this because of one that I just saw on your list that you guys recently saw. But um, what is it called? Uh, Birth of America. Oh, Birth of a Nation? Birth of a Nation. Birth of a Nation. The original. So I watched the original in like a film class in college. Okay, let's do this. Have you seen it? I have not seen it. Okay. Spoiler alert. I have heard about it. <laughs> If you, yeah, I mean, if you heard about like it, I, everything yeah. you need to know is there. I, that's kind of how I felt. I didn't feel I needed to give it my time. Yeah, does it? Does it? That's a, that's an interesting question. Is does D.W. Griffin and does Birth of a Nation need more time in our? Like, I really think it's a good film. Yeah, okay. and I know it's crazy to say that as a black person, but I watched it. I think I watched it over COVID, or at least somewhere in that time in the early stages of it, because like you know I hear about this all the time, but. I've never seen it. I'm not big on silent films. Actually, I'm not. Actually, it taught me that I'm actually okay with uh, silent films, like reading the captions or whatever. I'm not the biggest subtitle person. Like, it's a lot of, like, if you give me a foreign film right now and you tell me I'm reading the whole thing. Yeah? So you're not into anime? Uh, no. Or do you, you just watch the... I mean, the, I, I watch, watch it in English. You like, English. fucking Squid Games. I'm watching shit in English. You give me an English option, we watch For it. For real, you watch it in English? Yes. I haven't watched Squid Game yet at all. I mean... But I can't imagine what... Like, live action stuff, there's no world where I'm watching. I mean, I will, uh, I will say, though, that, like, a silent film is designed and meant to be read, and yes. a foreign film is not. not. And, you and, are missing... Bits. And now, with a lot of these foreign films... Or, like, we're not getting a foreign film that was, like, they were constantly thinking about their American audience. It was like, no. this is the film we're making. Yeah. And so, like, Parasite. I love I know Parasite, Parasite is a good film because I watched it. it. But reading is, like, jogging for the eyes. It's like, after a while, you're kind of a little tired. And when you read, because I also feel like if I'm reading, I'm not watching. And as yeah. a cinematographer, like, you build this world to be seen. And you're doing this is not giving you the ex- that full experience. So, Birth of a, of a Nation uh, taught me that I'm okay, actually okay with this. But I was amazed at how, like, I was locked into this, <laughs> what was happening <laughs> in this movie, knowing that this is a racial thing, this is about the Klan and yeah. all this type of stuff. 
It's pro clan pop propaganda. And it was good as fuck. Like, <laughs> it, I mean, just as a story. And I think, yeah. too, I think if I was just like uh, a regular person that just want to watch a movie or that's into just want to be entertained, maybe I don't have the same position. But as like a filmmaker, I'm seeing like, damn, that was actually a good little scene for a silent film. And, and it's like it's this section in the middle where they're looking for this slave. And I, it's riveting. Like, <laughs> when they cross the, the ice, like, river bit, or is that what you're talking I think about? it crossed. So, I can't that's say like if what, it was we, ice. we watched mostly, like, clips in class. I, I don't know if I've seen the whole thing in order. So, in the middle is a point where, like, this slave is hiding in the bushes and whatnot. And one of the uh, clansmen, it, they're just going around circling, trying to find them. And it's just it's like, it's a chase, it's a big chase scene. And then this woman is found, like, she sees something. This is a whole thing. No, I'm not going to remember it all. I just remember I was entertained throughout the, from not yeah. to start to finish, but once I gave it its time, eventually I'm like, this shit is all right. So I'll, I'll say t- two things on that. One is that, like, I, I wish I'd remember what he said because the best, like, explanation of talking about uh, D.W. Griffin was give, like I was watching Kevin Wilmot in a talk back after seeing Kevin Black Wilmot. Klansman. Yep. Yeah. Writer I saw of Cla- him, Black Klansman. Yeah. I saw him talk at Free State Film Fest and he was talking about teaching D.W. Griffin in class and like how difficult that is to like wrap your head around like whether or not you should talk about him whether or not you need to place him in film history or not anymore. And I really wish I remember what his answer was and it was really intelligent really intellectual and I Wish I can you summarize that. it in worse words? <laughs> I don't think I can. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> okay. But what I wanted to say second is that that is the but thing. But he does I, teach it in class still. I don't remember if he does or not. Oh. I hope he does. Um, I'll ask him when he joins the Midnight Movie Club. There you, you should. Go. You should. That, I think he'd speak on it way better than I could speak on it. <laughs> uh, but that's the thing that I've learned from First Timers Movie Club is that every movie we watch that's like Lolo showing me a movie that's an old one that's like long. I'm like, ah, I think it's going to be long. It's going to be boring. I'm going to get tired. But I've kind of noticed if you give yourself the time to watch a lot of these classic films, people like put your phone good. away and like actually like, if you actually get give yourself the space. the space and time to sit and watch a film, most of them are really fucking good. You know what I mean? Like a lot of times we just have all these distractions to take us away from Makes it harder. actually giving a movie our attention. I wonder you saying about uh, the di- uh, director of Birth of the Nation if he should still be uh, a part of it, and but I kind of feel that's you know in ways you do as a creative person, as directors and filmmakers and artists, a lot of these people are terrible, or many of them can be have done terrible things. Woody Allen, you, we mentioned Roman Polanski, yeah. uh, you know up to Bill Cosby, but at the end of the day, you know, some of these people help form and shape. Yeah, we're definitely getting to art versus artist. And it's weird because, like, you do want to condemn them. You don't want to have to always preface that, I don't support such and such. Mm-hmm. It's like you yeah. have, I think people should understand. Um, that's why I even enjoy making podcasts and doing long-form podcasts because, you know, if if you gave me three minutes to try to, like, explain Bill Cosby I couldn't yeah I couldn't responsibly 
But I think someone listening can understand context. And so I'm never like, I'm going to say something I'm going to apologize for. No, if you understood and listened to the context of what I just said, with Caitlin, we talked about uh, a sexual assault and LGBTQ issues. Yeah. Anyone can take, if you clip it out, you can take it whatever <laughs> way you want to take it and I can sound crazy as fuck. But if we understand in total in totality the context is trying to be made, I think that's how we should view a lot of these artists regardless of what they did. Like, yes, personally, piece of shit. As an artist, brilliant. Yeah, well, that's like, like we were kind of, even with Kubrick, we were discussing that like, because I was like, I think that he's a good director. And I was like, well, he's not a good director because he tormented his actors. But like the final he made product, some he good made films. Some good films. <laughs> so it is art versus artist. And it's about how you get to that art. And like, arguably, Lester doesn't think he made good films even. Yeah, true, like, but. true. Arguably, yeah. Let's let's, let's be consistent. <laughs> he, he made some films I like. Is he all made, I can factually say. And a half that I like as okay, well. Okay, okay. But Hitchcock is, is my number one. Yeah, and he's. He has those stories. Yeah. But it's like terrible. Yeah. But it worked. I think it's kind of an interesting thing. Or did it? Because like you come yeah. from uh, art history background, like like art, art, not yeah. filmmaking art. And I feel like in art history, that's been a thing that's been talked about for a lot longer than in cinema history of art versus artist. True. Because art history has, I guess... <laughs> a lot more time. <laughs> a lot more time. They've got they've got centuries on filmmaking. And so they've had these centuries of time to be like, oh, well, I guess that guy wasn't great, but look at how his art changed art forever. I also... And filmmaking sorry. is so recent that it's nearly still... Current. One to two generations away. Because filmmaking is only 120 years old, approximately. So, like... You could be three generations away from the guy who made a film trying to reinvigorate the Ku Klux Klan. And that's where it becomes like, it becomes so personal and it feels so personal because it was yesterday. You know what I mean? As opposed to like art history when you're like, oh, I can look at a Rembrandt. I can look at all these other things that are so many years ago. And then I can be like, oh, he was like, you can talk about past history a lot easier and be like, they were a terrible person and I have to preface it or like, Anything like that because it was so long ago. But like this is nearly modern history. It's today. Mm. It's still happening. I think sometimes too though, I don't know. It is very recent, but also like the more important discussion than like, can we talk about Birth of a Nation and say it's a good film? Is because the guy who made that is dead. The more important conversation is making sure we aren't having current day, we aren't continuing to allow more people like so, who are terrible people continue to participate in making films that are pro having positions of power and make you know like yeah more currently we should be like okay let's make sure we don't have another weinstein or cosby yeah allowed to work instead of just like being like can i watch a kubrick movie and not feel bad about shelly duvall <laughs> yeah that happened already we can't change that we can make sure it doesn't happen again yeah okay 15 so uh, here's because I, I I think I want to go one level deeper, and you guys maybe can answer this. Probably not. Well, I, but I'll I, was, try. I don't, I don't have, have any answers. answers. Yeah, I've answered <laughs> nothing today. I've got rambly opinions, not answers. I have thoughts. <laughs> and like, I could be wrong about everything I've said so far. Yeah, I could be fully wrong, and I could learn something tomorrow that'll change my mind. I also don't know if I agree with what I just said. Yeah. <laughs> 
that, well, that's the thing is that I, I like being that flexible, though, in my own opinion, in the sense that like I'm very willing to have someone come to me and be like, hey, you said some dumb shit or you said some shit that like hurt my feelings. or You said some shit that like wasn't all like thought out and you should rethink it. And I'll be like, oh, okay. like it might hurt my feelings. and I might like emotionally lash in that have moment. A reaction. But I would like to sit and think with that and be like, oh, I can evolve. I can change. I can become a better person. I have often been wrong. I, yeah, I have I'm, often I'm willing being to be wrong. wrong. But what's your question? <laughs> I don't think I've ever been wrong. But here's the question. Mm. I Are, believe that you think that. And that'll be a fact. Uh, <laughs> um, are artists terrible people? No. Innately. No. No. I think you have to be a crazy person to. Crazy is different. This is, to me, ultimate. And maybe this is kind of that, to that uh, artist background is I think this is a practice of God complex, like to a almost an extreme. Because I think you either take it out on someone or take it out on yourself. I, I don't think there's no healthy middle. I think just because I don't want to believe that. have been people who have been successful artists who have been terrible people does not mean you have to be or that everyone is. I I think that if you're like considering it like God complexity, I think that someone that's even further in that general world would be like anyone that thinks that they should be the president. You know what I mean? Because like that takes all ultimate God complex of like, you know, this shit's fucked up and I should run it. You know, like that's God, like that's God complexy. But I'm just like, I want to make some fun jokes with my friends and hopefully bring a little bit more light and joy into the world. I don't know if that makes me a terrible person. Yeah, but it's okay. <laughs> uh, let's give, let's give people. Uh, so I want to end with these two questions for each of you. Um, something people, something people should watch. And uh, something that you think uh, is not getting enough attention that you think people should watch. I Movie, have, TV, uh, whatever. I mean, I I have two that are both. You should watch it, and it's not getting enough attention. I don't. Oh, well, it's actually just getting a fuck time attention. Actually, the but, thing that they should watch kind of current. I don't want to want to be like Indiana Jones. That's not. That's not. Go yeah, crazy Star here. Wars. Yeah. <laughs> I think Lester should watch Star Wars. Um, no, uh, I think two movies that like have come out recently that I thought were really enjoyable, and I think people are seeing them, which is great. But I think that they're still like within the indie space. Are like everything, everywhere, all at once, and the unbearable weight of massive talent. I think they're both definitely worth the watch. They're both very fun. Go watch. Have you seen either of them yet? Um, I I, I want to see the uh, the uh, Nick Cage heard. one. Okay. Uh, really everything, everywhere, all the time, or whatever. All at once. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of on the fence. I feel like it's one of those things I've seen before, but I'll probably eventually watch it when it gets to TBS or TNT or something. I think like you'd that. enjoy it. I think it's yeah, it's a movie that it's hard was, when a thing gets so it was hyped. Over, it was definitely overhyped also to me by the time I saw it. Finally, because yeah. it came out in like March. And I didn't see it till June. And whenever I said I hadn't seen it, everyone around me went, oh, my God, you're going to love it. It is the it. best movie it's, ever made. You I wouldn't say that, but it is really good. And how I think much you'd you're like love it. it. But like mm-hmm. it, it, it brought me to tears uh, multiple times throughout the film. And uh, I enjoyed that cathartic experience. And I wasn't expecting to have such a nice catharsis. And that's what the black phone did to me. 
Yeah. But see, I think, and I was just saying this to someone else, the, the, the issue is when you're a person like myself who is like, I'm going to lean towards horrors and thrillers and suspense films. Yeah. When people bring you a drama, it's like, I'll get to it. It's And then it's, a lot of those movies, when I, like, they'll get nominated. And as much as I'm a Tarantino fan, I waited on Once Upon a Time. I waited on Ford versus Ferrari, the uh, Imitation I mean, Game. A lot of these movies I waited, and I'm like, damn, I wish I would have watched it when they hyped it. <laughs> Everything Everywhere All at Once is, is not, not a, a drama. drama. Isn't it like, uh, oh, go ahead. It's it's a sci-fi action, action film. adventure film. Indiana Jones, I've seen it. No. All right, you you're haven't. right. Okay. <laughs> you don't need to watch any action movie ever again because you've, you've seen, seen Indiana, Indiana Jones. You're right. You're done. You've done it. It's the one. You're right. Okay. And uh Temple Run. So no more Temple no more action movies for you. Are you talking the second Indiana Jones? Temple of Doom? I don't know. I'm just making shit up now. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. He said it so confidently. Temple Run. What, what's that? I don't know. Oh, that's Never. that game. Never mind. <laughs> okay, your two films. <sighs> Whenever people ask me questions like this, my mind just, I'm like, have I ever seen a movie? I don't think so. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, I know that feeling. Yeah. I'm like, what have I seen recently besides I what stole, Patrick I just stole said? what you were going to say, I'm I, sure. Yeah, probably. I'm so sorry. <sighs> Uh, no, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go first with TV. Okay. I'll I'll think of something. Um, I mean, because we did talk about we make comedies and rom coms, sitcommy stuff. A uh, sitcom that I feel like no one else is watching is the one with the siblings. What What is that sitcom? Oh, Homeac. Homeac. Yeah, yeah. Home Economics. Yeah, that's a pretty good sitcom. That's just a cute, fun. I also really sitcom. liked. Uh, what was the one? With the wine bar. Oh, yeah. The mm-hmm. Yeah, that one's good, too. The one with the wine bar, Lester. <laughs> well, it's got... Um, uh, no, it is really good. Got, That's a really good sitcom, too. Uh, new brand Byers new sitcom. Yeah. Uh, Shit. I got... Let me get my research team on it. Grand Crew. Grand That's Crew. Grand Crew. Grand is Crew is another really fun sitcom. I really enjoy that. I, th- mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's one that, like... No one is watching. I saw one person that I know post on Facebook that he was like, I don't think anyone's watching the show. And then like nobody <laughs> even commented. And I was like, I am. But, yeah. that's like, but Grand yeah. Crew is with the Raw. What is it about? Let people know, you know, give them a little rundown. It's, spoil it. I mean, uh, it's, it's kind of just one of those like it's group of friends like, who get together and drink at this one bar and have their own adventures. Um, I mean, yeah, it's it's, it's, very... it's a traditional sitcom. It's got the location they all hang out, which is the wine bar. Um, it's five friends. They're all uh, African-American. Is African-American the term that we use right now? What are we, BIPOC? Do you like BIPOC? Are you a BIPOC guy? Do you like black? I'm an what N-word person. If you okay, wanna, you can that's what... Feel free. Uh, no. I'm, I'm not, not going <laughs> to let you have a recording of that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 it's, it's, it's weedy. You can go African-American. Better keep you safe for everybody, I guess. Okay. I okay. didn't know BIPOC was a thing. Okay. Well, you should. To like last week. Okay. <laughs> Seriously. You keep, they keep, stop coming up with shit. I'm black. That's it. That's all I'm going to be. Stop, POC, all this. Come on, son. What are we doing? Okay. Well, so it's, it's, I think five African-American friends that hang out in a wine bar and mm-hmm. have cool rom-commy, sitcom-y adventures. Mm-hmm. And I just really like it. Because Nicole Byer's amazing. The, the oh, dude that's, great. uh. You probably haven't watched the like Arrowverse DC TV shows. 
Uh, no, I'm, I'm no. Yeah, you're not a comic book guy. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, I'm a DC person, but I don't, I can't, I can't get all. I just can't watch all this. Shit well, the guy that plays Mister Terrific in that, he's in it, and he's, he's great. great. I'm like, he's I'm in love with him. I love him so much. It's just such a great cast that it's a really fun show. Yeah, they're all great comedians. Yeah. Well, before we go, uh, I, okay, first, but how you watch it? What is it on Hulu? Netflix. We watched it on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So Hulu, Netflix, we'll put. Like the name of the shows that they just named, we'll put in the comments. You go get that. It's timestamps all over this thing, so it make life a lot easier. So let's talk about let's talk about what your film is about that you're screening right now that you yeah. did in COVID for two years. Who's in it? How they can watch it? How they can find you? We're gonna wrap the show with that. Yeah, it's called Almost Sort of Maybe. Um, it's a sort of rom-com sort of dramedy it's a twist on the rom-com uh, about a young woman trying to decide whether to uh follow her dreams or not yeah the, the imdb log lines <laughs> way better than we've ever said it out loud to a person yeah i really should just memorize that word for word because we wrote a really good log line and then when people ask me i don't say it i just ramble i know that shit is hard as hell yeah. I ain't <laughs> yeah but so it's it's a woman turning almost 30 feeling the pressures of her sister's upcoming marriage and something about her overbearing mother and her mm-hmm. job and well, deciding to follow Lindsay her Lindsay Weaver, which is an incredible, who is an incredible Kansas City actress. Yeah, um, I'm in it. It's been doing the festival circuit. And right hopefully now, we'll be on streaming when it's done with that. But it's not going to be done with that for a second. Yet. Yeah, right we'll now see. we're waiting on a bunch of different festival things with that. But we've also made a bunch of short films you can go find on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash IXFP. Yep. We also have some exclusive stuff like our old feature films, Intermission, Mr. Lee, and Zoink. Yeah. Um, they're all on our Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com slash Productions, you can find... Zoink is also still on Amazon Prime, I think. Zoink you can rent on Amazon Prime. It's a child sci-fi comedy... Thriller. Thriller. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that did the festival circuit a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, We've got another short coming out soon that'll that be I'm at very No Coast excited. Film Fest. Oh, that too. Yeah, we have a new short at No Coast and then a new short that'll just be on our YouTube soon that I'm really excited about. Yeah. So, that's No tough. dates, no comedy. I know you're in a few things. You got a movie you made in film. Right. Actual film. Yeah, right now I'm acting in, I'm acting in a lot. I don't have any mm-hmm. comedy dates coming up. I've been focusing a lot more on acting. I need to get back out to the the stage, like get a little rust well, broken there, there, off. There was a know? pandemic that kind of yeah <laughs> killed you doing stand up just for, for a, a minute. Bit. Yeah, I'm gonna get back out there though. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the pandemic got me off stage for a minute. But I'm I'm going back. You believe you me? I'll be there. <laughs> I never understood that term. I, believe you me? Back on stage. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. Mm-hmm. But I like to say it. It I sounds look, nice when I say it. I know. It, it, you it can feels say good. anything. If you say it with confidence, you just roll through it. Yeah. People don't even, get, they don't even notice. Believe you me. I, <laughs> I agree with that. Hot corn in a bucket, you know? So we'll get out of here. <laughs> Lolo, Patrick Poe of uh, IX Production, not nine. No. no. IX. Yeah. Thanks for joining the club. Thanks Thank for you. having us.